1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Okay, uh, Twins Fest was uh, this weekend. We're going to replay Joe in moments. The crowds were enormous, Dave. Enormous. You win, and a lot of people come up. It helps. Uh, The Royce Lewis personality and phenomenon... Uh, If he's not yet, if he has something close to last year, not not automatically, you know, 700 grand slams all in a row, I think by middle May he's going to be the face of the franchise. Very marketable is what you're saying. I mean, personality coming out of him. Optimistic. Great player. Stepped up. At the Diamond Awards, genuine, likable, self-deprecating. Um, Carlos has a lot of those in him also, but is is more reserved. But, man, Royce Lewis can capture a room. Um, Buxton. I, if you're looking for news, is there any doubt Buxton made the most news saying he was Arnold, I'll be back, mm-hmm. or I am back? Center field, baby. Now it's January 29th. Now it's way different than last year when it was like, at this point, it was, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk. Then it was February. Well, we'll wait and see. Then it was March. Well, all right, we're going to build up. And then a lot of it, our guy Rocco kept saying, he's not even close. He's not close. Then all of a sudden, remember in September, we were building this. Like he was going to play in center field. And I will say on this show, I think both of us were like, Really? Really? And then he played, did he play two games in St. Paul?
1: Yeah, it was not many. It
2: was a very brief stint. But he played in the outfield. Yep. And here we activated him, right, for the Houston series. Was he active? Wasn't yet. Yes, I believe it Because he did right. pinch hit. And that was like about midway
3: through that series, yes. wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, I think the last game in the ninth inning, did he pinch hit something like that? Um, so we know his injury history. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't believe for one second he's faking it. He's soft. I don't buy any of that. He's had legitimate issues. A lot of these issues you normally think of. You don't think of with a guy who's this, like a physical specimen like he is, but nothing from the people I've been talked to. Um, he's not D low. Okay, he's not deciding he wants to play golf, okay, as D'Lo did Game 6 Memphis Series when he had to walk a golf course and finished about 4.15, and he played that way later. So if Byron can do that, that'd be a dramatic change. But let's start with Joe. Uh, The television voice, Corey Provis, joined me. Two-part interview with Joe, and I said, so let's go back to the
4: day you would get the news about the Hall of Fame. How'd the whole day play out? It was crazy. Um, I actually would like to fast forward to the day before. Um, so Monday night, um, we decided to go to Mancini's there in St. Paul to celebrate my uh, father-in-law's birthday. And uh, I go in there, and I, I see uh, you know, Mr. Mancini, and uh, he goes, hey, by the way, Terry Ryan's here. I said, oh, okay. I go, well, can I go say hi to him? He goes, sure. So I go down uh, to his table, and, and lo and behold, Terry Ryan, general manager that signed me, is there. Uh, Bill Smith, general manager, who was there my the rest of my career, uh, Joel Leppel, the scout that signed me, yeah. um, <laughs> and Jim Rantz, longtime uh, minor league, sure, all a famer, and then, um, Rob Anthony, who was a uh, general manager, are all sitting there having dinner with their wives the night before Monday night, Mancini, St. Paul. So I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? You know, this is <laughs> this is unbelievable. So. It was nice to to visit with them and and go through it, but uh, I just couldn't believe it. And then, uh, you know, Tuesday, um, my son goes to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so Chip was uh, keeping me pretty occupied uh, throughout the day. And then I just had some, uh, you know, my wife and kids and mom and my brothers and just a really small group kind of waiting, and 15 minutes into that window, I get the call, and it was just unbelievable, so... Uh, It's been a whirlwind since then, and, um, you know, the basement started filling up with uh, family and friends, and uh, it's just been a riot, so it's been great.
3: And then it was, yeah, by all means, please, yeah, this was incredible. (laughs) And then, and maybe you folks saw the images, you had a chance to go to Cooperstown, was it? you fly out Thursday? I got home yesterday at 9 p.m. All right, so you, you spent the last couple of days in Cooperstown. What was that experience like? And when you get there, what do you do?
4: Yeah, well, uh, after that call and, you know, the media requirements that night on Tuesday, um, you know, try to pack and and get out to Cooperstown. But, um, you know, we uh, brought the whole crew out there, my family, and I got to bring my mom. And uh, we went out there, and I think the moment I walked through the plaque gallery was, that was a pretty unbelievable moment. Um, I remember walking through there. Uh, Adrian Beltre and I were kind of walking through, and there's nobody in there. And it was just you could feel the, the greatness around you. And, um, you know, I looked at him. I said, this is pretty awesome, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, yeah. So um, it's it a whirlwind of a couple of days. But, uh, like I said, it's, um, it's been a blast.
2: Uh, since 5 o'clock or so on Tuesday, ballpark, how many texts have you received – the most unique and surprising text you receive. And would you like to give out your phone number in case yeah, anybody else no. wants um, to reach out to you? Chad,
4: I appreciate you setting this up because I have a lot of uh, thank yous to and responses to make. Um, yeah, and it seems like when you respond, you, you don't want to have a back and forth. It's yeah. just been crazy. But um, I'll get to them, so I apologize if I haven't gotten to them yet. But um, it's, it's just been crazy. I mean, the, the response... Um, you know, just people that, you know, obviously you don't just get there by yourself. There's been so much support and, and people that have impacted me on my, on my journey, my baseball journey. And um, to see some of those names that, you know, you talked to last week and then maybe hadn't talked to in about 20 years. So um, wide range of people, but uh, so thankful and, and appreciative of it.
3: All three of us up here have lost our fathers uh, within the last couple of years. And your dad, Jake, passed away just more than a year ago. How much has he been on your mind since Tuesday, especially yeah, since Tuesday?
4: Um, all the time. You know, um, when that phone started ringing, that's the first person I thought of, um, dad and grandpa. And, you know, I think they might have had something to do with that call being the first uh, go around. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just not just this week, but like the months leading up to it. And, you know, there's a lot of attention to the trackers now with how you're, how you're going in the voting. And, um, it just gives you, a, you know, some time to reflect on on things that are important and, and who helped you get there so uh, it's been a emotional uh, few months uh, definitely an emotional week and um, yeah I know they had something to do with that that's for sure
2: if, if my father was still here he would have taken credit for most of your career and...
4: Yeah <laughs> I'm sure he was convincing a few people up there too so yeah. I appreciate yeah. that too
2: Okay if you if somebody says, "Who knows you well?" says Joe, "There's one moment from your career, and there's literally thousands of moments from your career. But if there's one moment from your career that
4: now most stays with you, what is it?" Stays with me. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think for me, it was Opening Day, my rookie year. You know, two thousand four. Um, I'm twenty years old. I got the catcher's gear on and hearing uh over the loudspeaker here's your minnesota twin and i'm running out to home plate um i think that was kind of that wow you know moment and uh, something i'll never forget um i always tell the story i was just really nervous about getting that first pitch back to brad radke (laughs) so he didn't have to move off the mound but um you know that was that was that moment for me was this is really special
3: how much uh, of, of, not just last year, but looking ahead even to 2024, how invested are you still with everyday Twins baseball and what the team did last year? You never got a chance to win, to win a playoff game or a playoff series, but watching what this team did last year, and expectations are high once again for 2024.
4: Yeah, definitely proud of the guys in, in last season. I know um, that group, and, and we all wanted to go a little bit further, but I, I think it was the first hurdle into and, and where we want to get to, and um, You know, definitely invested um, a lot into the people in that clubhouse and still have a lot of friends. And, um, you know, I always tell them I'm just uh, across the river if they ever need anything. You know, just uh, I'm here, a phone call away, whatever I can do to help. And, um, yeah, I look forward to them building on what they did last year, and and I know that's a hungry room, so it should make for a pretty fun summer.
2: Are there ever days during the summer when you're feeling especially healthy and you're feeling good, and you think, could I just go down there one
4: more time? Does that <laughs> yeah. come up, or have you been able to put all that off to yeah, the side? Yeah, no, right it is. I mean, you think about that. I mean, that's the one thing you miss. You love, For me, it's competing, you know, um, stepping into a big league box and facing the best in the world every night. Uh, there's not a feeling like that, but then I get quickly reminded of uh, what it, especially the last couple of years, what it took for me to get out there uh, physically and and mentally, and, and you know, wanting to go out there and, and um, you know, give it, uh, do everything that I could to have success out there. So, um, yes, I mean, I'll probably be you know, hopefully, 60, 70 years old, still want to take it at bat, but uh, that's just not in the cards anymore.
3: Because of your playing career, you know, when you were playing, you were not permitted to do certain things, whether it was skiing or other things. Have you picked up some some new hobbies? That now Joe Maurer, as simply as a dad, as a citizen, and no longer a player, that now he can uh, partake in.
4: Yeah, I think that that was one of the things we did um, with my girls. So my girls were five years old when I retired, and um, we put the skis on. You know, for me, the first time at 35, and they were five, and um, had a couple yard sales there at the top of the hill off the chairlift, but... yeah, no, it, it was fun. It was fun to uh, to learn that with them, try something new. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's been a ball. And, you know, we've uh, kind of turned it into, you know, we try to, you know, go skiing somewhere, you know, once, uh, once a winter. And uh, hopefully that traditional will keep going on.
3: Would anybody be surprised in here if Joe Maurer is not skiing Black Diamonds in like a <laughs> like You know, I'll, in I'll, like tell a year?
4: You, I'll tell you this, Corey. I, I found that I do like the greens and the blues, you know, just nice and easy cruise. And, you know, I, I don't think I need to prove anything in skiing. <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to stick to those two, uh, uh,
3: smart. two routes. Smart.
2: Um, I also saw the note the other day that you're a very good, and I call it ping pong. I'm sorry, I'm not calling it table tennis. That you're a very good ping pong player. I think every other person in this room thinks they are the best ping pong player. Everybody I, know, I think I'm a good ping pong player. Corey, okay, now where's ping pong in your
4: areas yeah. that you like
2: to play i don't think you're like lining up the girls and taking no. them up but with your buddy, i mean like do you have a ping pong table at the house
4: yeah so i actually got a mini ping pong table and um it's funny i um we played a lot when i was playing you know on the road and you know we had guys uh you know like perkins um glenn perkins was really into it too but um you know we would go on the road we would travel with it and so uh, wait a sec on in the room.
2: plane down below a ping-pong table it, would go Yes, with. well,
4: on the mini ping-pong table, so it's, it's about that. Okay. And uh, if you want to get good at ping-pong, everybody go get a mini table. It's uh, it's not easy, but we would uh, we would set it up in one of the hotel rooms, and, you know, it was just kind of nice for guys to just come around, and we would just kind of hang out, you know, a dozen of us, and, and we'd get pretty good. and um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just a way to kind of keep that camaraderie uh, going, you know, away from the ballpark. This
2: is all from us Saturday. A lot of these interviews, in fact, all of these interviews are available. You can find them, go to wccradio.com. You can find them on uh, podcasts. But because Joe Maurer was the story just days before making the Hall of Fame, first ballot, one uh, of three twins to make it on the first ballot, one of three catchers to make it on the first ballot, we thought we'd replay the conversation because, let's be honest, Joe doesn't talk that much. So we'll give you part two of Joe. And then remind you about another guest, Representative Dave Baker. Uh, Wilbur, right? Uh, that's the area that the representative is uh, from. He is pushing the idea, which is gaining more and more traction uh, around the country. Four-day school week. Four-day school week. Does that make sense? So, again, next hour, Chip Scoggins, and you're thinking, wait a second. Where's overrated, underrated, properly rated? We're moving around a little bit today. Overrated is about 220.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: I'm, I, oh, we haven't said the music theme yet, have we? We haven't yet. Do you want it now? No, let's hold on. Let's hold on. We're running let's a hold little on. late. Let's get, yeah, to let's get go. back to Jill. Let's get right back to uh, Joe Maurer. This is from Saturday. Corey Provis joining me. I'll mention also if you miss Rocco with us, Rocco joined us Thursday, two lengthy segments. I thought he was fantastic. First segment, nothing to do with baseball. Second segment, all baseball. really good. Podcastable anywhere you get uh, our show. Chad Iman Show. So back to uh, Joe on Saturday, I asked him,
4: so take
2: me through the three other St Paul. Hall of Famers, when did you first meet him?:
4: I've gotten to know those three guys pretty well over the years, and um, obviously playing for Molly um, was awesome. It was a treat and, and just being able to learn from him um, on a day-to-day basis was, was really special. and um, I think uh, geez, I, the first time I met Molly, um, he probably doesn't even remember this, but I was in a, a camp at Crete and Durham Hall, um, probably nine or ten years old. And uh, he was on an off day, you know, coming in to speak to the campers. And um, one of the things I remember, he was talking about using the whole field, hitting. And uh, I was just fascinated by that. And, um, you know, I, and that's the thing. You just pick up things from guys that were before you. And, and obviously I learned a lot from Paul over the years. But, um, like I said, that was the first time I met him. He probably doesn't remember it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, too, Dave uh, Winfield um, – I met him pretty early on. I mean, his brother Steve used to referee a lot of my basketball games uh, growing up, and um, you know, baseball umpiring. He was very active in the community, and um, felt like I got to know Dave uh, really early on too. But and Jack the same way. But uh, like I said, over the years, and you know, it's it's pretty amazing to to think that you know now I'm the fourth guy from St. Paul, um, and like I said, with Winfield and Molitor, we played at down at Oxford. Uh, playground jimmy lee rex center you know the same ball fields it's it's pretty pretty crazy
3: we're inside the uh, rod carew atrium here it is packed here uh, deservedly so and i can't help joe but look out and see a lot of young kids who i'm sure grew up and just love joe mauer and maybe emulate their their swing after joe mauer obviously climate here is not ideal for full although this season's been fine this winter's been actually pretty nice uh, in terms of getting outside, but for Minnesota kids that want to be Joe Maurer one day, about skills they can work on year-round to maybe be where you eventually landed. Yeah, you know, we've been kind of talking about this a lot. Um, you know, I mentioned
4: Dave Winfield, Paul Molitor, and, and Jack Morris. You know, we always we play different sports, too. You know, I think that's one thing. I played football and basketball all the way through my senior year, and, and I honestly believe, I, I think it helped me become a better baseball player. Um, And I remember that the great Bobby Bowden, you know, Florida State um, head coach, was recruiting me, and he made it a point to come watch me play basketball in high school my senior year. And um, I asked him why, because he was very adamant about it. And he he just said, Joe, I'm looking for athletes. I could teach you how to play football. And um, I said, okay, that's a pretty good answer. (laughs) But um, that was very important to him. And, you know, obviously, with all the success that he had, I, I think that reigns true, but You know, I I love the game of baseball, and um, when I had that free moment in the winter, I would, you know, go out to the garage and hit some balls, and it was just something I enjoyed doing. So I encourage kids, if they enjoy playing other sports as well, you know, give it a go.
3: So uh, on Hall of Fame night, um, Tom Verducci and MLB Network, before the announcement was made, had just a great anecdote about Max Scherzer. And Max is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, and he showed all this great video about the times you beat him. Pitch after pitch, base hit to center, base hit to left, pulling a ball to right, and then Tom mentioned that Max Scherzer found a way to start throwing a cut fastball simply because he needed a pitch to get Joe Maurer out. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he needed. Yeah. Were you aware of this? Have you talked to Max about that over You know, time?
4: I, I, I never talked to him about it, but um, I'm flattered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that that's the thing. That, when you talk about things that you miss, it's, it's going up against a guy like Max Scherzer, who I, I believe will be in Cooperstown very shortly after he decides to hang it up. But um, it's the back and forth. It's kind of like a cat and mouse game. You know, you make adjustments to him, he's making adjustments to you. And, you know, I, I wish they would have ended that video with me hitting another double or something. But... Um, <laughs> You know that's that's why uh, you know that's why, you know he'll be going to Cooperstown here shortly. But um, yeah, you know that's a thing. That's that's those are the things that you miss and, and competing and um, you know that's that's a lot of fun going up with guys like that.
2: If I could just have a point of privilege on this one, um, I am lucky to have three sons. Love them all dearly. My youngest son is named Quinton. And Quentin has a rare genetic syndrome called Dirk 1A.
0: And Quentin
2: is now 22. He's my hero. You know, and, and when you have young adult individuals, they're, they're looking to find places in their life to be fulfilled. They're looking to be around like-minded individuals. You're looking to find people who have heart and decency. And one of the best places in town is the Highland Friendship Club, and and what they do with individuals with various disabilities. And probably the most visible person in helping raise the profile of the Highland Friendship Group is this guy over to the right, Joe Maurer. And, (laughs) and, And Joe could be involved in a lot of causes, and there are a lot of us who are in this club of having a child who has health challenges that you initially did not want to be there, right? But then I cannot imagine a second of my life without the joy of Quinton. So I want to thank you for what you do. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to want you to expand on that, why that meant a lot to you.
4: Yeah, so the Highland Friendship Club, like Chad said, is an amazing organization. And it was actually found by, founded by one of my best friends, Tony Leesman, his mom, Pat Leesman, um, twenty plus years ago, and um, so Tony's brother Mike, uh, you know, is is a part of the club, and um, it, just to watch him flourish, you know, like you said, in the community, and, and you know, they have events all over town, and I, I would really encourage everybody just to do a little bit more digging on it, because it's it really is a special place, but just to see that, and it, it's become a, you know, my family, and going back and seeing the members, it's, it's a lot of fun, but um, yeah, special place, special people, and um yeah, check them out. That's for sure.
2: Comments from uh, Joe Maurer, Twins Fest, this past weekend. Four-day school week. This has come up for conversation decades. Is it starting to happen? Well, it is starting to happen more and more places. How about Minnesota? Representative Dave Baker will discuss when we come back in
1: moments on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,